0: All aboard! This is your conductor speaking, and you are listening to Zach's Spooktacularathon. Next stop, Train to Busan. Before we get started today, fair warning this episode will contain spoilers um, for the film, which is Train to Busan. It will also contain explicit language use along with. Uh, talk of blood and gore and death as well. So, if you're not suited to listen to that, uh, feel free to hop off the train here. Hey everyone, this is your host Zach, or your conductor for today's episode, if you will. Uh, and today we're going to talk about Train to Busan right here on Zach's Spooktacularathon. Uh, I think we're going to start today off with a quick plot summary. Try and make it a little shorter than yesterday's. I think this film's a little bit easier to explain the plot for than uh, The Shining was. So let's go ahead and get started. So you start off with a family. Uh, It's a father, a daughter, and a grandmother all living in the same house. You find out the uh, father is divorced from his wife. And the wife lives in Busan, I believe. Uh, that's not the most clear, but I believe she lives there, and the child wants nothing more than to go see her mother, who lives in Busan. So they decide to take a train ride to Busan. Right as this is happening, you discover that there's a zombie outbreak going on. Apparently they only use the word zombie once in this film, And I don't even remember seeing that, but I think there is one time where they use it according to some trivia I found about the film. So they take this train ride and they find out there's the zombie outbreak going on along the train. On the train there's a bunch of different groups of people. There's two Grandmothers uh, who we're gonna call granny number one and granny number two. There is a guy who is with his wife And his wife is pregnant and she's expecting soon it seems and there's a sports team there's of course a conductor there is a couple of I guess they're stewards and stewardesses I don't know uh, people that punch your tickets on the train and kind of take care of the train there is a guy who I believe is a train executive that is just a very rich person. And then you, of course, have the father and the daughter that are going to meet the wife for the daughter's birthday. Her birthday wish was to go and meet her mom again, because I guess they don't see her very often. So that's what they do. Uh, During the train ride, there's a zombie outbreak on the train itself and they find out that they have to stop this one location that should be safe. The train conductor is alerted that the location is safe, so they stop there. They find out that the military is all turned into zombies, and the military was supposed to be the safe people that were going to take them to the safe area of the uh, city, or the district. So they get back on the train. There's a lot of people being selfish on the train. A lot of the different parties are being selfish. The father himself uh, is pretty rude a lot of the time. He is a funds manager, uh, who is very selfish to start off in this film. He kinda has a change of course over the- over the film. He becomes more moral, and starts to care more about other people. At the start of the film, he couldn't really care less about anyone but himself. This is only a two-hour film. This guy has a complete character change in two hours. I guess that is what a pandemic might do to people. Uh, during this episode, we'll probably talk a little bit about politics. It's really hard to avoid talking about politics with this episode because it's a very uh, big class-based film where you have a bunch of rich people along with a bunch of middle-class people, a bunch of, uh, uh, along with a bunch of lower-class people, all stuck on this train. It's similar to Snowpiercer in that dynamic, but you add these zombies that are going insane on the train and there's just a zombie outbreak going on everywhere. So the whole film centers around their train ride to Busan. We'll get a little more into detail soon. That's going to be it for the film summary uh, today and I'll talk to you in a couple of seconds here. So I thought this film was really fun to watch, and honestly, I don't qualify it that much as a horror film. There's not a lot of uh, scares in it, I guess, or it's not your modern, traditional horror film or your old-timey horror film that has a lot of jump scares. It's more dramatic than that, and you can almost see everything coming. Uh, You start with these zombies that are not like any other zombie really, they're a lot quicker, they run at you, it's not very often you see a movie where zombies run at you, they can just tackle people, most zombies are pretty brain dead, uh, which I think happens when you die, but they attack people very quickly, so a lot of this film is people running away from zombies and trying to figure out the best way to keep them away. Uh, it involves a lot of sliding doors between cars and stuff like that. So I don't I don't see it that much as a horror film just because things aren't jumping out at you all the time. The soundtrack is a little more fast paced as well. A lot of zombie horror films will have a slower, more creepy soundtrack. So it seems a little more dramatic and action-y to me. Uh, one of the big things in this film is the different groups that are on the train. Uh, let's, let's go over some of those because those are pretty fun to talk about. So there's this uh, of course this family that you start off with. It's the father and the daughter going to see uh, the ex-wife slash mother of the daughter and they are pretty much the base of the film. Once you get on the train, you find all these other groups of people. You start off with the sports team as well. They're about high school age. They have a bunch of baseball bats, so I think it's implied that they're a baseball team. You have these two grannies. At one point in the film, the little girl refers to one of them as granny, which I think could be highly offensive. I wouldn't really want people calling me grandpa, no matter what my age is, but I guess they found it amusing, so that's good for them. Um, You have this couple, and the wife is pregnant, very different from the father. Father is a funds manager, and he is frowned upon by most of the people on the train because they think he's super selfish, which he is, at least to start. Uh, Another person on the train that you have is this uh, guy who appears to be homeless, he appears to have seen some zombies before he gets on the train, and he's freaking out when he gets on the train. He's a little creepy at first, but turns out to be a pretty nice dude. Um, you also have this train executive of some sort who is in communication with his train line, and he is... Very selfish, pretty similar to the father at first, but this is the most selfish guy on the train. He's pretty fun to watch. This film, you can't really talk about it without getting into current politics at least. I'm gonna try to avoid uh, actual political views, but we are gonna talk about the politics of this film. It's a great film to watch during a pandemic because it really shows people's intentions during a pandemic and how people are changed by that. There's quarantines in this film, something we've all experienced at this time. There's super rich people that only appear to care about themselves and might only care about themselves. That's kind of seen later in the film. Uh, It's just a lot to focus on. There's so much change going on in the politics. The grandmothers are at first super um, like against helping other people. They seem to be kind of stuck in their ways, like a lot of old people nowadays. Uh, you've got the father who only cares about himself, but that changes once he helps out the pregnant lady's husband who is the complete opposite of him. He becomes more empathetic towards other people. I don't see why someone would change that quickly, but I guess in the face of a zombie apocalypse, we don't really know what people would do. The gran- the grannies are some of the most exciting characters to me. When, So they're sisters... They're older sisters. And when one of the grannies becomes a zombie, a lot of people in this film become a zombie. Again, this uh, episode is gonna be very spoiler-ridden, so if you have not seen this movie, feel free to tap off and come back once you watch it. But Granny Number One turns into a zombie. And she seems to be the more empathetic granny at first. It's hard to tell, they're pretty similar, but... There's a couple lines toward the beginning that show that Granny Number Two is a little older and stuck in her ways. But Granny Number One becomes a zombie. And all of a sudden, Granny Number Two just decides that everyone should become a zombie, which is the weirdest decision I've seen in a film in a while. It's one thing to be like, I'm ready to die now because my sister is gone and i think that what she was doing was right it's another thing to just like basically kill everyone on the train she just like she fucking opens a door lets zombies into a train full of like 20 people that have not become zombies and they just go on a rampage and everyone in that car turns into zombies if someone can explain that decision to me I would greatly appreciate it, because there's a big build-up to it, but it does not pay off. Because I still I have no idea what granny number two was thinking. Um, in this episode, I decided not to use names of people, because it I was looking at the names, and I really don't want to mispronounce every single person's name, and I think I would if I tried to say their names, so I'm going to stay away from names. Uh, I think we're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll get back to a couple things. There's a couple of amazing quotes in this film that I wanted to talk about, starting from the very first scene, which we have not talked about yet. But that first scene, I think, is the scariest scene in the whole film, which is kind of telling why I don't think this film is that much of a horror film, to be honest. But it's a it's a scary first scene that got me excited to watch the film, and I was quite afraid of what was to come next. So we'll talk about that in just a second here. Welcome back. So there are a couple of great quotes toward the beginning of this film that I did want to talk about. I don't know if the translation was just odd, because I know in a lot of foreign films... Uh, Today we watched a foreign film from Korea, and I know in a lot of foreign films, they will have poor translations to English, but toward the beginning, or the very first scene of this film, there's, I I think he's a farmer that is going to his farm, and he hits a deer after uh, learning that there is basically some outbreak that occurred at a biotech lab or some something like that some bio plant but he is going back to his farm to go work and there's like a checkpoint that they stop him at and they're telling him all about what's going on and he's like oh not again so i guess there's some pretty common stuff with this biotech company that uh, messes with his farm but his response to that is my hairy ass which I've never heard someone say before, but I think that's a top-tier insult right there. You know, people will sometimes be like, oh, my ass, like, that's not right. But this guy threw in that adjective that just makes it so much better. He goes, my hairy ass. So that's, that's one of my favorite quotes. Another quote toward the beginning of the film is the father, who's the funds manager, is working. And this guy comes in and tells him his report. And the father is like, that's not good enough for me. Do you work for the lemmings? And I don't know if that's a different translation as well. I don't think I've ever heard that before. And I don't really know what he means when he says, do you work for the lemmings, but I like it. I like it a lot. This this whole film in itself made me laugh a few times. And I don't know if the translation makes it a little bit funnier or a little bit cheesier, but I like it. I like the tone of this film less as a horror film, because I didn't get scared a lot, and I really expected to get scared by this film. I like it as a comedy and as an action film, less so as a horror film. Now, another thing that makes it less scary is how the zombies act. They're really fast. We talked about that a little bit already. They have these weird seizures that they just kind of start to go insane, and as opposed to, like moving normally. They just constantly like move in these spurts of motion and they only attack people if they see them and they go in this tunnel where apparently I guess the zombies don't have any night vision whatsoever because the people can clearly see the zombies but the zombies cannot see the passengers that have uh, not become zombies yet So I don't get how that works because the people are like, oh, if they can't see us, then they can't get us. But you can easily see the people in the train. So I guess the zombies just have really bad night vision. Zombies also don't know how to turn a doorknob, which makes sense, but you would think eventually someone would like hit the doorknob or something. So that's pretty convenient when you're on a train with zombies that don't know how to use a doorknob. There are soldier zombies. Those ones are fun. They were at the stop that the train makes at first, and they're super fast. What's interesting to me about the soldier zombies is I feel like there was a good chance that they could use like weapons in this film at some point, but there are no weapons. These zombies either don't know how to use a gun, which would make sense, but the people also don't like find guns on the military people. And I would think a lot more people in this film would be armed But I guess not. So that makes for a little more comedic route to things. Because you don't have people like chasing zombies around with axes or anything. You do have the baseball bats from the sports team. Which I think we should talk a little bit about train etiquette as well. The sports team brings on all these bats. And they walk around like they own the train with these baseball bats. And I think I would be extremely intimidated with them walking around with baseball bats like even before the zombie outbreak really there's also one of the grannies i think it's granny number two who pulls out a hard-boiled egg on the train and i think that's like the worst food you can bring on a train because of the smell hard-boiled eggs have a very strong odor so i think there's a lot to talk about with train etiquette There's a lot of people that aren't helping this pregnant lady out when she, like, needs a seat. And they're just so selfish. But I guess that's, it's not too uncommon nowadays. Um, overall, I did really enjoy this film. I think it brings a lot to the genre with fast zombies because that's not something you see every day. There are very few movies with fast zombies. Fast zombies could be scarier and more intimidating than slow zombies. Slow zombies, of course, you can see coming at you. So I think there was a lot of potential for this film to be very scary. It didn't scare me enough. And I started this series because I am trying to get over my fear of horror films. There are a lot of people that have tried it this way this film didn't feel that scary. So I'm excited to get more into older horror films that will scare me. This film, I feel like I could watch it in the dark. It will just feel like an action film to me nothing will pop up and make me plug my ears, close my eyes, anything like that. I did actually watch this film completely in the dark. I drank two cups of coffee, which might be why this uh, podcast is going so quickly today. I drank two cups of coffee. Throughout the course of this film, so I feel like one of those fast zombies just going a little crazy. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna talk about what's coming up next, uh, which would be tomorrow, with the first musical Wednesday, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good one. I'm gonna go watch the trailer. I'll be right back, and we'll talk about what it's gonna be. I am pretty excited for tomorrow's film. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to watch The Lure, which according to Letterboxd, which is a cool uh, movie logging site that you can use. That's a little unpaid advertisement right there. Uh, This film is about two mermaid sisters who end up performing at a nightclub face cruel and bloody choices when one of them falls in love with a beautiful young man. This is supposedly a retelling of the old folklore tale of the Little Mermaid. This is not the Disney version of that. This is a horror musical. We're watching musicals on Wednesdays. It's a horror musical. I just watched the trailer. It looks a little bit comedic at times. I think it might be a little culty. So we'll see how that goes. I might watch this one really late at night just to make sure I'm in the right mindset. I hope it's got some scary aspects to it, but we'll have to just find out. I think it's going to be fun to talk about, and it's a foreign film. I believe it is Polish. So it will be subtitles of singing, which is not something I watch a lot. So I'm excited to just see how that goes as well. If you are interested, that episode will be up tomorrow, probably in the evening, between 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Uh, If you like this episode, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, My social media stuff is in the description for this podcast. And I also would love to hear recommendations for snacks and other films you want me to watch uh, based on the different themes we're doing. I'm trying to stick quite a bit to horror films, but on Fridays we're doing quick kid-friendly films, so if you have any kid-friendly films that you recently rewatched and loved, let me know. My email is uh, firstflix, that's F-I-R-S-T-F-L-I-X, reviews, at gmail.com. That's also in the description for this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you all tomorrow evening where we'll discuss the lure.